0: And mission. The snap. Winston, sells the play action fake again. Look, sideline, Bay route toward the corner end zone. Caught ball, touchdown, Tampa Bay. Mike Evans takes it over the shoulder. This is Buccaneers Total Access. Fire the cannon. Brought to you by Frontier Communications. Rely on your ultimate teammate, Frontier. Don't go it alone. Visit slash Bucks. Now, live from Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. Here's your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips.
1: What's going on, Bucks fans? Happy Victory Monday. We are here at Hooters on Hillsboro like we are every Monday from 5 to 6 p.m. Always fun when it is after a victory. And I am so excited to be joined by tight end Cameron Brake. Cam, thanks for being with us.
2: Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, we have to start by talking about Vita's touchdown. Like, it's just necessary to start there. I plan on talking about it for as long as we possibly can in life because it was so entertaining to me. When you saw that this was a thing that was going to happen, what were your thoughts?
2: Um, well, one, I didn't think we were going to run the play. It was a late addition to the game plan. Um, during practice on Friday, uh, BA came over to me and kind of had drawn it up on an old sheet of paper. Um, <laughs> Real high tech. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, what What are we doing here? Um, And then we ran it, and that's when I realized that Vita was going out for a pass on the play. Um, And so I thought, no way we're going to run this in the game. Um, Then we called it, and, you know, selfishly, I was also on a route during that play. So I was hoping maybe he would throw it to me, but I was such a great decoy um, for Vita. So I think he owes me.
1: I I think that's very fair. Yeah, that it, they were so concerned about the threat that you were that Absolutely. they left him open. Absolutely. Um, and it takes a lot to distract from 350 pounds going into the end zone.
2: <laughs> very true. And uh, you know, jokingly the night before, I went up to Vita and said, you know, if you score, we can do uh, kind of the Lion King thing. I'll you jump, I hold you up. Wow. And uh, you know, I ran over to him to do it after he scored in the game and. Uh, he kind of just ran away from me. So.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it seemed like he was so um, overwhelmed and almost shocked, and a million other things that just this, the actual cele- like a planned celebration was just not even anywhere in his mind. <laughs>
2: not at all. He actually ran straight to the defensive bench after he scored. Yeah. Um, he he kind of went back to his home to his yeah. <laughs> to his
1: people. Yeah. Um, I was gonna ask if he knew. Ahead of time, if he was going to do a celebration or not, it sounds like you basically had one plan, and then he just forgot about everything. Also, though, I do need to hear: Do you actually think you could have held him up in that position? Because that's a large man.
2: No, no chance. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> not very strong. Um, so maybe
1: it's a good thing this didn't. Uh, work yeah,
2: it would have been funny though. So yeah, uh, Cam, that would work. Cam
1: ends up on IR because he tried to lift up Vita Vega. Would have been judged. worth <laughs> it. Worth it. <laughs> worth it for the story. Worth it for the story. Um, are th- tell me if there are other big guys on the team that you would most maybe root for that chance. <laughs>
2: Damar Dotson. Yeah. Um he's like Okay, I'm gonna be nice. Alright, so he's like athletic, but he's also like super clumsy. <laughs> and he played basketball in college but has no idea how to catch a football. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Um, that's amazing. and he thinks You'd he's think a really good, it's not there. there, it's not, it's there, not at all. there. And, uh, yeah, he thinks he's a really, really good athlete. Um, he bet me he could throw a football 70 yards wow. earlier this season and, uh, he threw it 28. <laughs> so
1: he was so close. I mean, so close. We round up around here. You yeah, know? absolutely.
2: 70 feet. He
1: a- got, yeah. And it, yeah. That's what he thought. He just got confused on the whole, <laughs> right. The you know, numbers, I got metric system, yeah, yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Um, so you, you were talking about Vita's celebration. When did you figure out your celebration that you decided for the spike? I remember earlier on in your career, you, you weren't. it wasn't like it happened on the first time you ever scored, or was it?
2: Um, no, I did spike it the first you time did? I scored. Okay. But, yeah. That um, wasn't the original plan? Being kind of like a, a goofy white guy, like <laughs> dancing, uh, it's totally out of the equation. Um, <laughs> no, so not it's not just sure. like the least embarrassing thing you can do. You can't mess it up um, unless the ball hits you in the face. Which has happened a couple times. It has, I
1: was going to ask. Has, you, you can, can kind of play ways?
2: it off. You know, everyone's got excited. Yeah, 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 it's not that bad. Um, but yeah, it's just the safest thing to do. So
1: <laughs> You went with the safe route. The safest. That's awesome. Um, so that game in general uh, yesterday was a very unique game for so many reasons. I feel like there were just a lot of very interesting things going on. What did it feel like to be a part of it out there? And especially, the, you know, you start out with a couple turnovers on offense. How were you guys able to bounce back? And then what were the big keys to just basically getting rolling at that point after those two plays?
2: um yeah it wasn't the uh the start we wanted for sure you know the first pass we threw was intercepted and uh you know that's kind of if a play like that has happened to us in the past couple years sometimes it's kind of crippled us and it's hard to bounce back from that um yeah so um kind of the big play for us was chris's touchdown um yeah chris is really good at football and um you know, just an unbelievable play by him. The concentration to hold on to the ball, uh, kind of bounce off the defender, score a touchdown. Uh, that totally kind of was a 180 for how things uh, were kind of going at the beginning of the game. So um, that play definitely gave us confidence going forward.
1: We're talking to tight end Cam Brate, and that is cool to hear that a play from a teammate really can make that big of a difference in what you guys do moving forward. And um, you mentioned the uh, the understatement of the year that, that Chris is kind of good at football, and uh, mm-hmm. I he – Everybody kind of has known since he got here, you know, everybody's spoken really highly of him, but this year feels so different. I mean, to get to the 1,000-yard mark already, um, what is it about him that makes him so good and so unique?
2: I would say Chris is just kind of the total package for a receiver. Um, You know, what he does in the run game definitely goes unnoticed. Um, You know, no one really cares. From the outside world, you right. know, whether Chris can block a linebacker for us, but... Doesn't uh,
1: give anybody fantasy points, so they're right, not exactly, really caring. <laughs> exactly,
2: But he's uh, super unselfish in that regard, and, um, you know, every single week, uh, Chris is asked to do a ton in the run game as well, and um, he does a great job with that. Uh, and then, obviously, seems like every single time we throw Chris the ball, he finds a way to catch it. Yep. And, uh, um, you know... He obviously has that ability, but uh, I think the thing that separates Chris from other receivers is just his run-after-the-catch ability. Um, He kind of just seems like a running back as soon as he gets the ball in his hands. Defenders can't bring him down. He kind of bounces off people, and he always fights for extra yards. So, um, you know, if I was starting a football team, Chris is kind of the receiver I'd want to get.
1: That's awesome. And uh, Mike Evans, I'm sure, the two of them getting to play off of each other is so huge and not getting, you know, you can't just double-team one of them without – also paying attention to the other one and um, when you try to double both of them then all of a sudden you have a game like you had against the Saints and it just it it speaks to just this offense overall that I imagine if I'm a defensive coordinator facing you guys it feels like you you run out of options pretty quickly is that kind of how you guys like to to think about it?
2: Yeah I would I would hate to play us um, (laughs) if I was a defensive coordinator just having Mike and Chris um, you know not too many teams can boast two receivers at the top like that and uh, both those guys are number one receivers and uh to have both on this in this offense uh it just opens up so many other things for other guys and um <laughs> but shoot if, if it's kind of what we've done all year if I, I was the oc i would just keep throwing it to mike and chris and that's kind of what we've done all year and game teams, do, teams just don't have an answer for it
1: which is which is great and and mike got a chance to hit the mark of uh his first six seasons having at least a thousand yards and he and randy moss are the only ones to have done that and um the same way that you sort of talked about what makes Chris so unique, what is it about Mike that's not only enabled him to have, you know, a big game, a big year, but every year consistently at that thousand yard mark.
2: He's just super competitive, you know, first and foremost, um, you know, Mike tries to dominate people every single game. Uh, and you know, you can't just put one corner on him, no matter who the corner is, they're not going to be able to stop Mike, uh, on those 50, 50 balls that Jameis throws to him. And, uh, you know, we've seen it throughout the year, just some of the big games he's had. You know, those are the teams that tried to single-cover Mike, whether it's the Giants, um, the Seahawks, and just can't do it. Yeah. Um, and Mike obviously has uh, really good ball skills, but he also has the longest arms in the world. And, uh, yeah, I played basketball against Mike a couple of times, and it's terrible. It's because too- he just gets every single rebound and makes you feel really bad about yourself. And uh, <laughs> But, yeah, he's just... I mean, he's an unbelievable receiver.
1: And now we like reminding everybody that Pro Bowl voting is open. So basically we just got to hear Cam's pitches for those two guys to make it into the Pro Bowl. Um, So we want to make sure we remind all Bucs fans, head on over to NFL.com to vote them into the Pro Bowl. Um, And then on the defensive side of things for the game uh, yesterday, six sacks by the defense. What is that like for you guys on offense, getting a chance to watch a performance like that?
2: Yeah, that was awesome. Um, You know, us as an offense kind of sitting on the sideline, Uh, When we got to the slow start, uh, we had two turnovers kind of in their side of the field, and um, you know it's a big ask to to the defense to try to uh, prevent the other team from scoring or holding them to a field goal with a sudden change like that. But kind of all year, our defense has been able to do that. Um, When we put them in bad situations, they always seem to uh, make some plays and stand up for the offense. So um, you know, as an offense on the sideline, when you're watching your defense, uh, you know, give everything they have and play such a great game, you kind of get inspired and. Um, you know, it's kind of what happened yesterday. And, you know, when we put pressure on the quarterback like that, it makes it a lot easier for the DBs as well. And, um, you know, a couple of young guys really stepped up in the back end yesterday too.
1: Yeah, speaking about those uh, DBs, you know, Carlton, Davis, and Jamel Dean both had five passes defense each. It's the first pair of teammates to do that in more than two decades. I mean, that's, that's a pretty impressive stat. What have you seen from – I mean, the defense is so young. You, know, you go against them especially in, in training camp and preseason in that sense. What did you see from – all those different young DBs and even Devin leading the linebackers having to be the quarterback of the defense. What did you see about how they were all able to come together and how they've improved so far this year?
2: Yeah, it was awesome. Um, you know, just speaking about Carlton, uh, um, you kind of could always tell he had an ability. Um, it was just kind of putting everything together. And, you know, throughout the year you've just seen his confidence grow and grow every single week. And, um, you know, his hands uh, – aren't always the best. Uh, He's really good at knocking the ball down, not always catching it. And so yesterday when he took the ball away from uh, the receiver and got his first interception, you know, that was awesome. And hopefully that will just increase his confidence even more and uh, he'll continue to play well the rest of the season.
1: And what was it uh, like to get a chance to watch Jason Pierre-Paul return from injury when you guys heard, you know, how he was hurt, how long he'd be out and um, just the kind of injury he had. What did watching him come back and play the way that he has do for you guys? I mean, he had another sack and forced fumble in the game. I mean, just consistently being the JPP that he was even before this.
2: Yeah, I mean, anytime it's a neck injury, it, it scares you. And, um, you know, we, we'd we see him every now and then pop in with his neck brace during the yeah. off season and stuff, and it's kind of kind of scary sight to see and um, didn't really always know how he was doing, but um, – you know, started a couple of months ago. Uh, at the beginning of the season, he started coming in every single day for rehab and just seeing him work so hard to get back, get his body right. Um, you know, he's always had such a, a great impact, uh, not just on the field, but kind of um, being an inspirational guy for everyone. Um, kind of gets everyone going. He's super passionate about football, and it's contagious. So, uh, it was obviously awesome to get him back a few weeks ago, and he's made a ton of plays for us so far.
1: And then, how about uh, Shaq Barrett? I mean, just sack after sack after sack all year and I mean have you had a chance to did you have to try to block him earlier uh in, in the offseason at all when you guys are working on things or have you have you had to actually go against him in that sense
2: uh not a ton um a little bit, and you know, I played against Jack when he was with the Broncos, and I always thought he was a really good player on film, and um, just kind of with the the players they had in Denver at his position, he wasn't always getting a ton of playing time, and uh, you know, just an awesome signing for us because he's pretty much been unblockable all year. Just his quickness off the edge, you know, tackles have no chance. He's always around the quarterback, and uh, just made a ton of huge plays for us. So it's great. Great to have him on the team.
1: All right, we still have plenty more coming up here with tight end Cam. Great, so don't go anywhere. We're going to have more from Hooters on Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Frontier Communications. This is Buccaneers Radio.
0: You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access. Brought to you by Frontier Communications. Live from Hooters, your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips.
1: What's going on, Bucks fans? Again, happy... Victory Monday over here. We are in Hooters on Hillsborough like we are every Monday from 5 to 6. Come on down, say hi, get a couple photos, autographs with our player, and I'm so excited we are joined by tight end Cameron Brait. Uh, so, Cam, I wanted to hear, um, for you, another huge part of the game is we've talked about blocking, and I'd asked you about having to block Shack in practice, and um, I know that's an area of your game that you've wanted to work a lot on in the most recent years. How do you feel like that area of your game has, has expanded and grown?
2: Uh, yeah, blocking is definitely not as much fun as catching, <laughs> but, you know, it's part of the job. Um, Vita yeah, now it, knows
1: the same thing, too. Vita was right. like, yes, you're right.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, it's something I've always, you know, had to improve and I've worked on diligently over the years. And, um, you know, I don't get asked to do it all the time, but, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, with the coaches I've had, uh, it was... Coach Embry, Coach Ben Steele, or uh, Coach Rick. Um, they've done a great job working on my technique. And, um, yeah, it's something that I definitely try to take pride in.
1: Yeah, and if you get to block at all, you get a chance to take part of the credit of zero sacks uh, in the game Sunday. We, well, we don't even need to say how much of a cre- you know part of the credit I you deserve. Block twice. Yeah, yeah exactly. There you go. Yeah. That counts. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, how impressive was that? And, and how much just in general as an offense does that help you guys when Jameis is getting protected that well?
2: Yeah, it's huge. Uh, you know, Protecting the quarterback goes hand in, hand in hand with protecting the football, and uh, it's something that a coaches stress every single week. And uh, to finally kind of put a game together where we kept uh, kept the pocket clean and you know James didn't get sacked was was awesome for us, and definitely was a huge part in the win.
1: Shout out to our offensive line—they are right now handing out, out, out Thanksgiving dinners to 1,000 families that are going through. This is called Turkey Time with the O-line. So um, excited that they're doing that yet again. Um, Byron Lefwitch coming in as the new offensive coordinator and uh, being a younger guy, having played, how interesting was that for you guys to have someone like him who it was you know in the league so recently and had played in BA's system as a player?
2: Right. Yeah. Definitely different because uh, I you know remember growing up watching him on TV and you know that wasn't too long ago. Yeah. Um, but I, saying, just, I hope you
1: told him that because I'm sure that made him feel old. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, it wasn't like I was a kid or anything. You know, he's not that old, but uh, he he brings you know definitely a different perspective than than a different. Coach Wood and uh, just his ability to relate to everyone and um, kind of communicate with everyone. Uh, he does a great job with that. And, you know, since day one, he's had such a, gr- such a great presence in the offensive room. And, uh, you know, I think he does a great job with game planning as well. And he just has a ton of passion for football and, and it's contagious. And, um, yeah, I just can't say enough good things about him.
1: That's awesome. And I know that a huge part of game planning is just the idea that you get to stick to it, which you guys did having the lead that, you know, if you get behind a little bit early and that really affects things. So what, what is that like to be in the process? Cause I know you guys script a lot of plays out at the beginning and then you can end up having to change stuff a lot. What does that like to be part of when certain games you have to completely almost abandon what you had originally planned versus games like Sunday where you get to really stick to doing what you guys want to do?
2: Yeah, it's definitely a lot harder when you get one dimensional and um, you know, in the saints game, we kind of got down big there in the first half and couldn't really go to running the football. And, you know, off, as an offensive line, too, that, that makes your job so much harder because they can scheme up a bunch of different pressures and don't have to worry about gap control. And, um, you know, obviously they were able to get pressure on Jameis that game and make make some sacks and force them in some, some tough throws. So when you have a game like Sunday, when, when you get a lead and you can kind of have the threat of both the run and the pass throughout the entire game, uh, you know that's that's what you want. That's what you plan. That's what you plan for the entire week. And you know when when it goes goes well like that, it makes it a ton easier for everyone.
1: hey yeah, you guys had a season high 133 rushing yards for the team, which is great. How have you seen uh, both Peyton and Rojo grow and, and what they've been able to bring to this offense?
2: Yeah, Peyton and Rojo uh, have done a great job for us. Um, you know, some games they they haven't had a ton of opportunities, um, just kind of with the way the game's gone. But when we do have a positive game script going, we're able. You know, go back consistently to the run. Um, just the way those guys hit the hole and can make guys miss. And um, you know, I think their development in the past game has also been awesome. Um, you know, when Rojo came in, uh, it had looked like he had never caught a football before. And uh, just the past few weeks, he's caught everything thrown to him. And uh, you know, just getting getting the ball in his hands, kind of in space, uh, his ability to kind of expand his game, become more of a threat in the past game, has just helped him out a ton, and I'm sure coaches are going to continue to draw more plays for him like that. Um, and then the unsung hero in our run game is definitely Jameis. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't know how he does it, because it looks like he's going to fall down every single step he takes when he's running. <laughs> it looks like he's going to get hurt. Um, but it's not like he's moving slow either. It's like the most bizarre... Um, it's like a, baby, a lot of effort. It's like a baby deer. A baby you know, deer. He's just, he's trying his hardest, but he makes guys miss all the time. and They're probably just sitting there um,
1: thinking, man, this guy looks like a baby deer. And they're, he's just exactly somehow he's distracting They don't want to <laughs> hit him.
2: Would you, you want to tackle a baby deer? No,
1: nope, of course That'd not. That
2: would be cruel. Um, <laughs> but no, he's been awesome all year, and, you know, he's made so many plays on, you know, third and longs. Just, uh, you know, he's always going to fight for the extra yards, and somehow he finds a way to make. Super athletic people miss him, which, um, yeah, I wish I had that innate ability because I don't, I I just don't know how he does it.
1: Yeah, you unfortunately end up having to take some of those hits over the middle that you're like, hey, teach me the ways about making guys miss because that would be great.
2: Yeah, I'm a good lander, though. Oh, okay. I can get hit hard, but I, I understand how to land softly. Oh, Yeah. No, not really. I was really. like, it do,
1: I'm not going to lie. It doesn't look like you're landing softly. No,
2: usually I hit the ground pretty hard. Yeah, yeah.
1: You're just good at walking it off and making it yeah. seem like it was fine. Most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah, I was going to say, you you are definitely one of the tougher players. You've played through a lot of crazy injuries. You do hate, take those big hits you know, over the middle. Where do you feel like that toughness comes from, and do you really – in the moment understand it, or is it just, like, not until even after the fact that you're like, wow, that actually really hurt?
2: <laughs> well, no, you know it hurts right away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know it hurts before it hurts, you know? You can feel it Anticipate coming. Anticipate the hurt. Yeah. But, like, there's nothing worse than, like, having a ball thrown to you, like, knowing you're going to get hit and then not catching it, because yep. you still get hit. Oh, yeah. So... You might as well catch it. <laughs> exactly. You might as well catch it. Um, but, yeah, it's just part of, the, part of the job, you know? And, uh... I guess, you know, playing through injuries, um, you work so hard to, to be able to play throughout the year. So, like, it's just something you do if you like to play. You know, you got to play through it.
1: Yeah, how hard was that for you to, to end up getting hurt last year and then knowing that you were going to have to, you know, go through surgery and rehab and all of this in the offseason, that it was going to make getting ready for this season a lot harder?
2: Yeah, that was tough. Um, you know, that injury went back a while ago. So I kind of knew going into it, it was just a long process. Yeah, it was I was hurt for a long time with that hip. But, uh, you know, it's feeling a lot better now and I feel like I'm kind of back to myself, my movements, which is good. Um, but yeah, last year, you know, mentally it was just, it was definitely more draining than physically. just like waking up every morning and just like feeling like an old man, like not being able to walk.
1: (laughs) And the fact that it's even a hip, that just makes it sound even more old man.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So (laughs) I'm happy I don't have to deal with that anymore.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. And, and, what was it like to be having to rehab this offseason, and especially even coming to some of the offseason workouts where you're kind of having to stand to the side and watch the team? And it's a new coaching staff, new scheme. You know that that's when you definitely don't want to be missing time. Is when you're having to learn, you know, new stuff, new terminology. So what was that like, and how did you try to use that time?
2: Uh, yeah, it sucked. Um, <laughs> coming in every single day in the offseason is not what you want to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was in. You know, every single morning by eight o'clock. Uh, and then shout out Pete Ruby uh, great athletic trainer Uh, he worked with me every single day for like six hours all off season Uh, just put me through the ringer Uh, we did everything but he was able to get me back to full strength Um, but yeah it's so boring too once OTAs start and you can't practice and you're just standing there for you know a couple hours on the field every single day your back gets kind of tight your feet start hurting so even um, more old
1: man problems I know
2: I know um (laughs) But, yeah, no, being hurt is not fun. So, knock on wood, I'm happy I'm all right now.
1: Yes, for sure. We're talking to tight end Cameron Brait. Um, whenever you're going over the middle, you know you're about to maybe take one of those big hits. Tell me the thought process. when I mean, you know, like, even the play called of what you're being asked to do. What goes through your mind in, in those times?
2: Uh, well, when you hear a play call where you are a viable option, you kind of get excited. you kind of like, all right, all right, here we go. Um, and then you kind of, the play starts, you see the defense, and, um, you know, if they're in man coverage, you're just like, all right, I just beat my man, I'm going to be all right, like there's no one else around, he's going to tackle me from behind if I catch it, but if you're in, they're in zone, like, you know, as soon as you get the ball, there's going to be like three dudes, <laughs> you don't know from which direction trying to get you, so, uh, at that point, you just shut the brain off and kind of let uh, your practice and preparation take over, and um you know, hopefully you hang on and just kind of brace yourself.
1: I still laugh at the fact that you, a while ago, we we did an interview and you showed me a photo of you shooting a free throw with your eyes closed. Yeah. And yet you can catch a ball in traffic with three people trying to kill you and your eyes stay open.
2: Yeah, well, I always was one, you know, who liked to challenge myself and, um... You know, just kind of did the Michael Jordan, close my eyes for the free throw.
1: <laughs> it was because it wasn't, you know, it was too easy with your eyes Way open. Of course, you no, know, I
2: was, I'm all right. So I'm a good basketball player, but you know, my kryptonite is free throws. Um, I shot 23 percent my junior year, <laughs> but my senior year I shot 46 so percent. Oh hey, I mean, who can say they doubled their free throw percentage yeah. from one year to the Which next? Which means
1: then the next year,
2: 92. I just ran incredible. out of eligibility. You yeah. did.
1: If you just got to play one more year, it would it's have a been shame. fine. Um, so, whenever you got, a, you talked about you know when you were off season and just having to kind of stand to the side and watch. Um, did, what kind of insight did that give you, even on you know Bruce Arians coming in as a head coach when you weren't really getting to be coached by him right away, but you were almost kind of watching him coach at the beginning.
2: Right, it was definitely different. You know, every single time they bring uh, a new coach in, you know, it's an entire new staff, entire new playbook. Um, I guess the silver lining for me was um, because I wasn't participating. Uh, I got to learn from others' mistakes. So, you know, <laughs> always nice. I wasn't the one who was the first. It was was never my first time, you know, seeing a play, trying to go out there and you know perform. It was always someone else. So Tanner Hudson, Anthony O'Clair, OJ, those guys got the wrath of uh, BA and Coach Rick when they made mistakes, and I would just sit back and you know make a mental note not to do don't do that those things.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, and. Was I think you were the one that said that it was basically until he got out of the golf cart, that's when you knew you were really in trouble?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, as long as he was in the golf cart, you were good. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah if if you heard the cart coming by and you are standing there, um, your heart would start racing a little bit because... <laughs> You were just hoping he was going to go talk to someone else, because usually when he was talking to you at that point in the season, it was not a good thing. Yeah, he wasn't was like, man, funny. you have such a great grasp of
1: everything we're trying to get you to do.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, he would definitely say some funny things, call people some funny names. Um, but luckily, I wasn't participating, so he never never did that to I me. I say, it would
1: have been even worse if you got called something and you were just standing there. Yeah,
2: that was stunk, but um, yeah, he was... He was nice the, the few times he talked to me at yeah. that point in the year. Yeah,
1: that's that's and you basically have, you're gonna, people are going to have PTSD now when they hear a golf cart go by. They're just exactly. Like assuming this is something terrible.
2: Yeah, especially if you hear it start beeping in reverse. Uh, that's when. That's <laughs> if when he's going to back up to oh, talk yeah, to you,
1: then yeah. that's a whole new level of effort. Yeah. Um, so what is it like to to play for him, and what is it that he brings to the table? I mean, we hear all these things about you know, his incredible career. He's worked with so many amazing players. So what, what is it that makes him somebody that not only the players, other coaches, everybody just seems very loyal to they, you know, they care about what he thinks and and want to go so hard for him.
2: Right. Um, you know, I think with him, um, you know, he, he keeps you accountable for sure. Um, and sometimes that's tough, you know, it's tough accountability. Um, but you know he'll he'll, uh, correct you um, and he'll tell you hey I'm not trying to bring you down I'm trying to make you better but um, you know if you you do something positive he's also the first person there to uh, kind of congratulate you and tell you you did a good job so uh, he has a really good grasp of kind of balancing those two aspects and um, kind of just his wealth uh, of information uh, about the game of football is incredible and um, kind of the way he sees the game when he shares some of his insights to you and Uh, different coaching points, different tips, it's kind of mind-blowing, you know, to think about it from his perspective. So, um, you know, I'm just super blessed to to be a part of this offense and and be uh, a player under Coach B.A.
1: That's awesome. And uh, how overall do you feel like the offense has improved this year? What are the areas that, if you look back at week one to now, that you guys have grown? And I mean, a lot of times it does take some time to get used to a new offense and a new scheme. You know, what are, what are the ways that you feel like you guys have gotten a chance to see? All right, this is starting to click now. We're starting to really get this.
2: Yeah. Uh, so we have kind of an accountability chart after every single practice. Uh, it's the first thing we see in the morning. After every single game, it's the first thing we talk about. Uh, the dreaded me board uh, for mental error, and uh, yeah, we've seen that definitely go down throughout the year, um, which is definitely a positive thing. Uh, you know, it's always hard when you're learning an offense for the first time. You kind of you understand what what the the scheme is, but um, you know, kind of the intricacies of what the defense is doing kind of changes your responsibility from you know different looks that the defense can do, and just kind of ironing out those small little details is something that we definitely improved upon this year and. Um, I think a big improvement kind of from the past couple years to this year has been the development of our running game and kind of what that's opened up offensively for us.
1: All right, well, we are just past the halfway point here with tight end Cameron Bray. We're going to have more from Hooters on Hillsborough on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications. This is Buccaneers Radio.
0: Buccaneers Total Access continues, brought to you by Frontier Communications. Live from Hooters, your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips.
1: Hey there, Bucks fans! Happy Victory Monday! We are here again at Hooters on Hillsborough, like we are every Monday from five to six PM, and I'm so excited to be joined by Ty in Cameron Great. So this is the segment where we get to talk a little bit more about you, get to know you. Super
2: exciting! Um, here we go!
1: I know this this is it. This is important. So first of all, um. You do a. You have ended up doing a segment basically every week with Fox uh, about being. It's a. It's a trivia game essentially, and it wasn't supposed to be the Cambrate segment, was it? No. No. It's just supposed to be like two random players, it and it then over. whoever wins gets to play again the next week. And how many times in a row have you won now?
2: Fourteen. 14-time 14 14
1: champion. 14-time champion. Yep. And this comes with a uh, King's cape that you get to wear, and I've noticed you keep it in your locker all week waiting up for it?
2: Yeah, it's something I look forward to every single week, you know. <laughs> um, you know, Every Wednesday uh, after practice, I know I kind of have to take a couple minutes to myself, get ready, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's kind of the biggest day of the week for me.
1: Yeah, this is, I mean, now, like, you are the giant that they need to slay, and no one seems to have even come close. Is that accurate?
2: Uh no I'll give a couple guys some credit. Um, I had a really poor showing against Peyton Barber and they were kind of feeding him answers and you know. I now it. it's the whole locker room against. I Judy had a, a to historic comeback down three <laughs> two, best of uh, best of seven and uh, you know I came back in the clutch and answered the last two right. Uh, Bo Allen was a formidable opponent. Um, Justin Watson prides himself on being a smart guy and kind of my locker's right next to him and he kind of been talking smack the past year like, oh, you're so scared to play me. And, uh, and you,
1: to be fair, you were, weren't you? I was a little scared of yeah. playing because
2: I really want to win every single week, so I try to pick really poor opponents. Wow.
1: Um, Do the guys you pick know that this is your strategy?
2: Uh, I think they know. I think they know. <laughs> say,
1: if not, how much are you about to pay me to not go tell them this?
2: <laughs> No, I, if I'm feeling, like, not too good about myself, I'm like, dang, I need this win this week. I'll, I'll find someone. Um, like Dot. You know, I know Dot doesn't know that much about football. like. <laughs> Um, well, the history of football, yeah. yeah. because
1: it's all trivia about, you know, guys that have played, you know, things from years past. Right. Did you know you were going to be good at, like, were you a football trivia person?
2: No, I'm just really good at, like, kind of, like, useless information. Uh, I know sports trivia. Like, I know it pretty well, I would say. Um... But now I kind of know the structure of the game and what kind of questions he's asking. So like, mm,
1: Learning to cheat the system. Uh, yeah.
2: I, I wouldn't say cheating. I'm just kind of... Um, <laughs> Let's
1: not label it cheating. No, it's
2: not cheating. It's just playing smart. Good
1: strategy. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that, that Jay Watt was sort of trash-talking you from the locker over. Um, are you a trash-talker?
2: The absolute worst trash-talker. So no, wait, does I don't that even mean try. you... Okay, I, so yeah. I, I never have tried in the NFL, but like maybe when I was in high school, I tried it once or twice. And just felt... Felt awkward, felt uncomfortable for me, and I probably and probably for them. <laughs> probably it was uncomfortable for them too. They were probably confused at what I was trying to do. So, um, yeah, I'm usually pretty nice to my opponent. Kill them with kindness.
1: Yeah, kill them with kindness. I've yeah. heard that that's the biggest weapon in the NFL. You know, huge the, weapon for I heard me. guys yeah. say, "Man, I'm really afraid to to go play that really kind player this week. Exactly, it's gonna be yeah. rough." Um, when you tried to trash talk, I would love to know. What your strategy was there? Like, did you plan ahead what you were gonna try to say, or is it just did it come out at that moment? You're like, oh,
2: it probably just came out. I can't imagine I put much thought into it. Um, but yeah, I probably, re- yeah, I probably regretted saying something afterwards. Probably wasn't even like bad.
1: <laughs> You're like, you uh, You suck. stink, dude. yeah. See, yeah. <laughs> so you even went with stink. I, I went all the way guts. up to you suck. And you yeah, <laughs> no, nah, it's too much. <laughs> um, who trash talks on the team in, in y'all's locker room? Who who are some of the big trash talkers?
2: Um. That's a great question. Um, I don't even know. JPP, pro- yeah. JPP. Um, I'm trying to think on off. Oh, Mike, Mike Evans for yeah, sure. Big yeah, time. he gets fired up sometimes. I think Mike might have an anger problem, but it's <laughs> like he, he controls it pretty well. Um, Jameis a little bit. Jameis is just so competitive that yeah. like it comes out. Um, yeah, CG definitely not. Yeah. Me definitely not. OJ definitely not.
1: I was thinking it's mostly it,
2: nice guys. We got nice guys. You yeah, know? that's yeah. the thing.
1: You guys are such a nice locker room. You know, and is it do you guys trash talk at all during practice, where like, or versus a game, and how is that different than when you're when you're actually playing against somebody else on a Sunday?
2: Yeah, maybe during training camp we will, um, just because that that's a pretty competitive part of the year. Um, during the season in practice, not so much. Yeah. Um, we're just trying to like kind of iron out the game plan, get on the same page. Um, but, yeah, Sunday, um, I would say our team doesn't, like, we, we don't go into the game as trash talkers, but, like, sometimes the other team brings it out of us, uh, not me. So, in
1: other words, you're saying they started it. Yeah, exactly. They started <laughs> it,
2: for sure. Yeah. That's
1: great. Um, how about the idea of, do you ever get trash talked about Harvard? I would love to know if there are any people out there that, like, you, we talk about how Harvard just does not get the attention for football. Are there ever people that will trash talk you about Harvard?
2: Not really. I mean, I don't know what you would say.
1: Would that make you happy if that actually happened at some point?
2: Yeah, it would be like, I would probably be like, thanks, dude, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's a good school, man. Um, but no, like, my rookie year, people, um, I mean, it, when you go to, like, uh, Ivy League school like that, they usually just call you, you know, what's up, Harvard? Yeah. And when they don't really know your name, uh, and then everyone quickly realized I wasn't that smart. And then, so... <laughs> They just call me Cam.
1: Is that the worst part about having gone to Harvard is the expectations it puts on you from other people?
2: Yeah, but I feel like, you know, within the first 30 seconds, they realize, like... <laughs> 30 wow. seconds, that's all it takes. Yeah, like, oh, wow. He's not that <laughs> smart. <laughs> that's
1: amazing. Did you, how about this? Okay, so the Harvard-Yale game? Yeah. Uh, did you Do you know about this? Do you actually follow what of happened? Of course. Of course. Uh,
2: I can honestly say that was the only game I watched this year, but I do check the box score every week, and... Uh, you know, it's just more than a game, more than a game in the Ivy League football. Um, you know, we're making political statements. We, we got some protests going on. It's yeah, just, yeah, this
1: is quite an eventful game. You have protests see TV. At, at halftime. Yeah. And then my favorite, and we've talked about the difference in playing in an Ivy League school and then coming to the NFL. You know, you talked about the stadium size, how many fans, all that, that Yale didn't have lights on their field. And so they were going to have to cut the game short if it went too much longer.
2: (laughs) What what do you need lights for? It's not important. Just start every game at noon. (laughs) You're fine. Um, Yeah, that was uh, pretty wild because they were showing the side-by-side of what it looked like on TV. Because the TV uh, footage of the game, um, it was pretty bright. But I guess it was some sort of camera trick they were using. And it was almost completely dark outside when they were uh, finishing up the game. So, um, yeah, it was a tough loss. You know, we, we blew a two-touchdown lead in the last minute 30. and that's, that's rough. Yeah, we stunk this year. That's why I was
1: wondering if anyone's trash-talking about Harvard, but apparently no one's <laughs> well, really paying that close this, of attention. This week, uh,
2: actually, the Falcons had two Yale guys on their active roster. No way. Yep. Uh, a linebacker, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, and uh, the tight end, number 87, uh, who had the big play at the beginning of the game. He's a Yale guy. So, you know Ivy League slowly taking over the league taking
1: over just one player at a time how do you explain how you got from Harvard to then you know going undrafted and even getting cut at one point going to the Saints practice squad and then to ended up getting a big contract being an integral part of this offense what took you from there to here
2: uh yeah it was a long process for sure um I just have to thank, you know, the coaches who believed in me over the years. Uh, Coach Embry, who's now with the 49ers, was uh, a huge part in kind of developing me into the player I am now. Um, I would say a big thing along the way was just the confidence. Uh, being a smaller school player, um, I just, shoot, I didn't think I was ever going to play in the NFL and uh, kind of tricked them into signing me and, <laughs> um, you know, I just kind of was happy-go-lucky guy who kind of blended in for a while. I was able to stick around and um, yeah, just, I don't know, shoot just the confidence, I would say, to uh, to realize I was able to play, you know, at this level and have uh, success. Um, it was a slow process, but, you know, I eventually got there, and um, once I realized I could do it, it uh, kind of opened up for me.
1: We're talking to tight end Cameron and After you did get that contract, I know you did buy a house, which means no more uh, bro-apartment, uh, that you had with you and Ryan Griffin and Adam Humphreys. Uh, do you, do you miss your, your bro? Sometimes I
2: do during the season. It was the best, um, yeah, living with Ryan and Adam, you know, we lived together for like four years. Uh, we had a great setup, you know, we'd grab a quick meal, um, and we'd each head to our respective rooms and just play video games (laughs) with each other.
1: Such good bonding. Uh,
2: Great bonding. Um, (laughs) But no, it was really fun, uh, you know, two of my best friends, and uh, obviously I'm super super excited for Adam and the success he's having in Tennessee, but yeah, I wish he was back here in Tampa for sure.
1: And if people don't know, the, there were some stellar decorations uh oh, that yeah. We did a crib segment with you guys. Um, what happened to all the – first, give us some of the interesting decorations you had and what happened to those when you guys all went your, your separate ways? Was yeah. there like a custody battle?
2: No, it's quite the opposite. Um, <laughs> you take
1: it. No, you take it.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, we, were, we knew it was coming to an end. We knew Adam was probably going to leave, um, so we didn't extend our lease. You know, uh, So our, our last month was this March, and basically everything was broken in our apartment. Um, <laughs> we had a Papa shot that broke within the first month of us having it. We had a Christmas tree that had been up for like three years, <laughs> and those guys left Like, Adam just left one day, (laughs) and then Ryan was in California, so I had to clean up the entire apartment, and it sucked, because you accumulate so much stuff living in the same spot for four years, and it was terrible. (laughs) I had just had my hip surgery, and I had to clean up the entire apartment. It was brutal.
1: What good friends they were to you. Terrible friends. So did the Christmas tree make the trip to the new house?
2: (laughs) No, I threw that down the trash chute. (laughs) Yeah. With
1: the... Flamingo and every other everything, weird thing that everything was on Everything went it. down the trash The Papa Shot, nothing made its way over to the new place. Nothing. <laughs> uh, what? So are we going to be all sophisticated now with our decorations? I mean, now that you have an actual nice house, or are we still going more of the Papa Shot route here?
2: <laughs> um, well, we have like uh, an arcade game kind of thing. Nice. Well, I should say, like, my house is not quite ready. Well, I'm living in it, but I'm like living amongst boxes kind of. Yep. Still got a couple weeks left. Uh, but luckily, my uh, girlfriend, she worked very hard to get everything organized because, one, I don't really care how it looks, and <laughs> two, I would have no idea where to start with any decoration. So she spearheaded that operation, and it's going to look great. Yeah, Super and, uh, excited. I
1: know she was definitely working to get all of your jerseys hung up, which is really cool. So tell us about how many jerseys do you think you have, and what all are they, and what, how, how cool is that to now – have that all where you can look up and, and see it in one place.
2: Yeah, that's, uh, you yeah, know, I'm super pumped about that. They put them up yesterday when I was at the game and you know, I was actually able to get another jersey yesterday. I got Luke Stockers, which I'm fired up about. Um, but yeah, I probably just have accumulated, you know, around like 25 over the past couple of years. Um, just all my friends, mostly Buccaneers. Cause when you play at a school like Harvard, you don't have too many friends in the NFL from your school. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I got a ton of, uh, ton of my friends jerseys hanging hang up on the wall, and it um, looks great. Very excited about it.
1: That's so cool. I love that. All right, we still have one more segment coming up here with tied in Cameron Brate. We're going to have more from Hooters on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications. This is Buccaneers Radio.
0: Buccaneers Total Access continues, brought to you by Frontier Communications. Live from Hooters, your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips.
1: Hey there, Bucks fans! It is time for our final segment here with tight end Cameron Brate, live from Hooters on Hillsboro. So we got Thanksgiving coming up this week. I imagine a holiday centered around food is a popular one in a football locker room.
2: Yeah, for sure, it's the best holiday of the year.
1: Oh yeah, you're coming coming in with the hot take. It's the, hot the take. It's the best holiday of the year. Yeah. Uh, tell me why you think that.
2: Because. As a guy, you have no responsibilities but to eat food and watch football.
1: I feel like I wonder all the women out there that are listening now. Like, wait God, a minute! I feel like I can say that. That's, right? That's, that's not, fair. Yeah, that okay. is usually how it goes. Right. Uh, what are are you responsible for anything when it comes to Thanksgiving?
2: Uh, the sweet potatoes. Yep. But you
1: do you don't, <laughs> you don't you don't actually make said sweet potatoes. I
2: call into a store and pick up the sweet potato casserole. Nice,
1: nice. and yeah. then you know then you know it's good. Exactly. Uh, so what what are the plans for this year for Thanksgiving?
2: Uh, we are doing the second annual uh, Thanksgiving at Bo Allen's house.
1: That sounds incredible. How many guys about does that tend to be?
2: I think this year the number's like twenty two. Oh
1: my gosh.
2: Um, You're going
1: to have to buy a lot of sweet potato casserole.
2: <laughs> I, I, I intend to because it's my favorite dish, and I will take home all the leftovers. Um. But the yeah, idea that um, there
1: could be leftovers after be leftovers. 22 football because, players. No, no,
2: no. It's not 22 football players. Okay, that's you true. Think. That's There's fair. Plus ones involved. And, that's fair. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's either pretty much Bo Allen's or Ryan Jensen there having competing Thanksgivings.
1: Competing Thanksgivings. We have yeah. the offense versus defense here, and you're yeah. going to the defense one. Wow.
2: Yeah. Trader. Sorry, Ryan.
1: <laughs> um, how cool is that, though, to just, I mean, I know everybody kind of wishes they could be with their families on, on holidays, but to have essentially a football. Family, like how unique is that to to know that during these holidays you get a chance to spend it with your teammates?
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's awesome um, to have you know good friends on the team, having been here for a little bit, um, developing those relationships. And you know, when I would have Thanksgiving at home, I would have responsibilities like cleaning, and sometimes we'd have to travel to my aunt's house, which kind of stunk. So. <laughs> I'm just gonna ride my moped over to Bo's house and
1: your moped. Good to go. This is great. I just got an image of Dumb and Dumber in my head of like you on this teeny tiny moped. Is that fairly accurate? What are we? What are we yeah, working I don't with here moped? I have wise? like
2: an XL size for mopeds. It's like it fits me good. I'm yeah. kind of big on it, but it's great. Uh, great mobility around South Tampa.
1: That's that's great. Um, how about on, on Thanksgiving? A big part of Thanksgiving is everybody watching football. Do you still enjoy watching football as a yeah. fan, or does it just feel like work?
2: No, uh, I love watching football. Like, during the bye week and the Thursday night game when we had Sunday off, and I could just sit there and order food from my couch and watch football. That's, like, my favorite day in the entire world. <laughs> some guys, like, they say they don't watch any football. Um, you know, they just play football. But for me, like I can't wait for Monday night tonight. That's it's going to be a great, great game. I'm excited. That's yeah. super
1: cool. Uh, how about tight ends that you like to watch around the league?
2: Um yeah, George Kittle is awesome. Um, I know him a little bit, so he's he's fun to watch. Um, then Travis Kelsey, those are my two favorite guys. They don't they don't have to block a ton, so get to watch them run routes and stuff, and they do a great job with that. So. I like watching them.
1: Yeah, so speaking of George Kittle, I saw he was promoting the National Titan Day earlier this year, saying that you guys needed your own day to get a little attention. Uh, and, I, and you got to get mic'd up on that day as part of this. Did, what yeah. did you think when you first heard of, or did you even know at the time that this was a thing?
2: No, I, I know George had been talking about I think he had been talking about it for like a year. Yeah. I don't understand it. Um, <laughs> I don't really like to be in the spotlight like that that much. Being mic'd up is like, for me, like my most uncomfortable moment. It's like, I hate being mic'd up because then I'm like, shoot, I'm going to say something stupid and then I'm going to put it on a video <laughs> and I'm going to feel stupid. Yeah, um,
1: that is, I think the whole design of mic'd up. Yeah. You just, you but just like some guys either.
2: like Mike Evans, like he was mic'd up yesterday. He probably looks really cool on it. Yeah. Like probably says some cool stuff. And, uh, me, it's like, <laughs> that's a weird thing to say during a game. Like, why would Cam say that? Like,
1: <laughs> have you, have you felt that way when you've gone? Have you gone back I've to never watch watched it? I would never watch know so that. You, don't, know that you <laughs> don't look cool. I can't imagine I
2: look cool. (laughs) I cannot imagine.
1: You're just assuming that you don't look cool. Uh, Okay, so you guys are going to Jacksonville this weekend. Uh, You're going to have to face Calais Campbell, Miles Jack. They they definitely have a a potent defense there with some of those guys, even though they don't have Jalen Ramsey anymore. Uh, What are the biggest things that knowing when you have to face some guys and and playmakers at those positions that you're going to have to focus on?
2: Uh, Just the same same stuff for us. Just protect the football, protect the quarterback. We're going to give ourselves a chance to win. Uh, Obviously, this opponent... These Jaguars have a really strong front seven, uh, have a bunch of guys up front that can get after the quarterback and cause disruption. So uh, getting on the same page, O-line, tight ends, running backs, and pass protections and making sure we're blocking the right uh, right guys in the run game is going to be huge this week.
1: And how big is the idea of – being able to win two in a row—that that's something that has has been a struggle. Of, you know, the, the the getting on a roll—it it feels like that you'd win a great game. It would look like everything would be put together, and then the next game, a little bit of a struggle there. So, how how big is that for just what you guys are trying to build?
2: It's huge. Um, something we kind of we talked about all year. It's it, it feels like in theory it'll be it would be easier to. You know, win two in a row, then, you know, come back and win after a loss. Um, but for every reason this year, we kind of struggle with that. And it's something we kind of talked about all year is just stacking wins. And, you know, I feel like if we can get two in a row, you know, we can get three in a row. Yep. We can get four in a row and just kind of get the ball rolling after that. So, obviously, started with one this past week in Atlanta. And hopefully, we can go out there in Jacksonville and get a win.
1: Yeah, and what has been the message from guys like you and other veterans on the team as the, the record is not what you guys wanted early on, but um, just the what you're trying to do down the stretch?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously you never know what's going to happen with the playoffs or anything like that. But you know, we just have so much to play for. We're just playing for the guy next to us. You know, playing for the coaches and playing for the fans. Uh, it's such an honor to be in the NFL and to play for such a great organization like the Buccaneers. And Uh, It's something that everyone in the locker room takes pride in. and um, Just going out there and really playing for each other is uh, what we're going to do these last five games.
1: That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for being with us tonight. We we enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, you're welcome. And
1: happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Good luck with your sweet potato casserole. We have all the faith in you in the world. And uh, Thanks to all of you for joining us tonight. We will be back next week again from Hooters on Hillsborough like we are every week with a different player. Come on by, say hi. We're going to have more next week on Buccaneers Total Access. Brought to you by Frontier Communications. This is Buccaneers Radio.
0: Buccaneers Total Access has been brought to you by Frontier Communications. Rely on your ultimate teammate, Frontier. Don't go it alone. Visit Frontier.com slash Join us next Monday live from Hooters on Hillsborough Avenue. Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. This is Tampa Bay Sports Radio, 95.3 WDAE and AM620 St. Petersburg. Home of the best Bucks coverage. New